Welcome to episode number 108 of the Active Geek Podcast. In this episode, Chuck and I are discussing the Maze Runner franchise based on the books written by James Dashner and the movies directed by Wes Ball. We talk all three movies, the Maze Runner, the Scorch Trials, and the final chapter in our minds, The Death Cure, which is in theaters January 26th. We talk the cast, we talk the premise, we talk what we would do in the maze, and we talk about our favorite characters in the maze. I encourage everybody to see this movie because I enjoy the franchise. Chuck enjoys the franchise as well. And it's a really good story. It's set in a dystopian world uh, where there's a flare virus and we all have to survive. So this could give you training for uh, the inevitable apocalypse if you uh, believe in that type of stuff. So without any further ado, this is episode number 108 of the Active Geek Podcast entitled The Maze Runner. There's no need to wait. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, we are moving on from being lit, and we are getting wicked. Not wicked hardcore. Sorry, Boston, but we are getting wicked as we discuss the Maze Runner franchise, uh, a book series, and now a movie series, uh, based off the novels written by James Dashner, who guided the Maze Runner, the first book, to a 2011 ALA Best Fiction for Young Adults and a 2012 Young Reader's Choice Award for inter- uh, Intermediate Grades for The Maze Runner. You and I, we don't classify as intermediate grades, although we're, no, chil- not at all. we're children at heart. But we're going to talk about an intermediate grade teen dystopian storyline uh, from two men in their 30s. <laughs> yeah. So this is, is going to be a great podcast. So let's just get into uh, The Maze Runner. When did you first hear the Maze Runner? Did it come? At, was it the movie in two thousand fourteen, or was it the book in two thousand and nine? It was the movie in two thousand fourteen. Um, as again, I'm not a big book reader, and when the book came out, I was already a grown man, and they are geared to more teenagers. So I wasn't going to Barnes and Noble, hanging out in the teen section. So I've told you before, Chuck. I frequent the teen section, not for the teens, but for the books, <laughs> because that's where my my mind is. That really, I love. First of all, I love dystopian stories. Yeah. The Hunger Games, Divergent, uh, although the movie's blue, uh, and then The Maze Runner. And I, I, t- I told you a story uh, before, but I'm going to tell it again, the funny story about how I came in contact with The Maze Runner. Okay. 2009 comes around, just started dating Chelsea. I bought her a Nook. It was the first big present, you know, the e-reader from Barnes & Nobles. She didn't want to read a book, so she gave me the book for the weekend, for a month or whatever. And uh, I downloaded a free book, free trial book, and it was The Maze Runner. And I read it in a weekend. Wow. I couldn't put it down. I think I read it more on the toilet because that's where I do my uh, my, prime, <laughs> my prime reading. But I got a chance to read this, and I got lost in it. I got so lost into it, I forgot there were four more books that came after it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it came to a point that I actually moved on from reading books as much as I could to consuming more television and movies. And then 2014 rolls in, and the Maze Runner movie comes out. And I'm like, holy shit. And there's a funny story about how I watched the movie. But we'll talk about that in a bit. I want to talk about James Dashner for a second. He devoted so much time to writing these books that at one point he was putting a book 
out every year. That's insane. Right? Think think about how much, like, let's say the book is 250 pages long, each book. That's what, 1,500, uh, no, yeah, 1,500 pages that you have to think of. Now, are you writing that 1,500 pages consecutively up and then cutting it into books? Or are you just writing 250 pages and then putting a book out and then going on to another story? Like, how would you write six books? I mean, let's see. Um, I would think you would have to know a beginning and an end. Okay. Like, you know where you want to go. You know where you're starting and you know how you want it to end. Yeah. So, everything in between. So, in my mind, he probably laid out a, a, a straight blueprint yeah. of everything he wanted to say and then broke it up. Man, over seven years too. And that's that's crazy because I've been writing forever and I haven't finished anything. I think that you have if you're writing a book, I feel like you leave it where there's a cliffhanger, but if it doesn't take, you just it can end that way too. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure his vision probably changed from two thousand nine when Maze Runner was published to two thousand and sixteen when the fever code was published. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's crazy that one, the story is amazing. So you had said before to me that you think that the death cure is the end. And I would like to see this go further into six movies. I think it's the end of the movies. Yeah. And do you I think, think they've promoted it that way. Yeah, but do we put three books into one movie or do we just say the other two books didn't count? And that's that's more of a slap in the face to the book readers. I mean, they might like the third and fourth book, maybe. Okay, and then fourth and fifth. This could have been a two-part like Hunger Games was. Yeah. You know, the last Surprise one. Surprise, it isn't. Because most of those movies do have, you know. Well, not not Divergent. Well, they've had. Their big, whole cast left. They had big hopes for that movie. And then, yeah. uh, and then it went to what, Freeform? I think it's Dead in the Water. I, I believe so, too. Um, I think it might become a TV show. But not with Theo James and Shalene Woodley and yeah. Zoe Kravitz. It's crazy, like. Golden Globes have happened, right? And I, I forgot about Shalene Woodley. I, I didn't know what the hell she was in. And then I see her there, and she's in that Big Little Lie show, which took oh, everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's doing stuff with uh, Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon. I think Eva Longoria's in it. She's doing a lot of work. Maybe Eva Longoria's not in it. Maybe she's just friends with both of them, because I saw them all together. It was weird. Um, but I forgot all about her. Yeah. And then, boom, back in the back in The, the last thing I heard of her was, what, when uh, they— Fault, Fault in Our Stars? Well, yeah, I guess, but I mean, the one I really pay attention to was when they uh, cast her as Mary Jane and then got rid of her. Yeah, you know she was she had a good run for a couple years. Yeah, starting with Divergent, she did like some indie films, and then she got uh, Fault in Our Stars and stuff like that. And then boom, I I forgot about her, and then she went to TV. And Chelsea even said, and "Well, this she is, started in TV." Yeah, Chelsea said, "Like TV is where it's at now." You know, it's it's amazing to see these uh, these big actors that you would never think you'd be, see on a television show, and they're they're doing a miniseries. Well, what's really big is the miniseries exactly. and the limited the limited series. That's huge. Yeah, like everything that has happened on FX, like with American Horror Story and True Detective. I know that was Fox, or no, that was HBO. Um, you know, what's a Wayward Pines was getting big stars. Fargo, all this stuff. Like you're bringing in big actors for six episodes. It's not like Breaking Bad when you're you're like, oh, is this going to be seven seasons and I'm going to have to turn down movies well, and stuff. Well, I think that's a 
if you have a good story and you know it's only going to be okay, like a, like I said, before, beginning and end. I have a beginning and an end, yeah. and it's only going to take ten episodes. Well, you know what? They do a limit limited series, and boom. And you can blow your wad to it. You can have yeah. your all your 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 budget can go towards getting the big names to watch it. The next limited series I want to see. Yeah. Unsolved the Biggie and Tupac murders. Yeah, on USA. On USA, yeah. That, I'm surprised that USA got that. Dead. It's weird. That is a decent cast too. You're not going to watch uh, the assassination of uh, Gian Versace. No, no, I'll pass on that one. Ricky Martin looked like a beast in that movie, like covered in blood. I was like, well, I, I've never seen Ricky Martin look more masculine than I have in this. In this, I just remember him in leather pants, living La Vida Loca, <laughs> in the early, early 2000s. Let's let's get back to uh, the maze. <laughs> okay. Like uh, the glade. We'll go, we'll start in the glade. Um, so the premise of the first book, based on not book but movie, based on IMDb, is Thomas is deposited in a community of all boys after his memory is erased. Soon learning they're all trapped in the maze that will require him to join forces with fellow runners for a shot at escape. What did you think of that premise? I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was different at the time. Um, I'm like, oh, you know, it looked this dystopian universe not universe dystopia, society society yeah. and i'm like oh that's it's neat you know they they're living in the glades yeah and have to survive yeah and when was the last time that you saw something where they're in a maze that is always changing yeah you know maze that, that was really cool i love doing the the mazes in like highlights magazines and like the newspapers when they would have them and then a movie about a maze i'm like oh this this could be really really cool I think that it didn't gain as much traction as it should have because The Hunger Games was out at the same time. So everything was like, I think this movie came out the same time as Hunger Games and as um, like Ender's Game and uh, Divergent, all these like dystopian yeah. worlds. They were all kind of clustered fucked together. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the thing in the mid-2010s, you know what I mean, dystopian societies. And I love it. I think it's awesome to see what our world is now. And what it could be later. Well, it wasn't Hunger Games, but it did well. For the budget it had, it made ten times... Oh, it's a, a very successful franchise yeah. right now. Like, it, the budget was $34 million. Oh, don't, don't, don't spoil. Okay. We're going to get to it. We're still on the premise, All my right. friend. Anything dystopian can be done right. Yeah. And then it kind of seems like the first one was a great standalone movie if that's how it ended that's how it ended and i was like yeah. that was great the second one comes out and we're going to talk about the second one but completely different yeah it like that went from okay you're in the amazon and there's a maze to you're in south africa in, in a desert and there's zombies with blade two mouth things coming out of their body yeah. like it was crazy how how it progressed it makes me want to go back and read these books because that's a huge jump yeah, like that's, in the timeline. It, it's crazy. It's Yeah, it completely flipped the first movie on its head. But we'll talk about that. Yeah. Did you see this movie in theaters? No, I did not. Did you? All right. So what were, do you remember how you saw it? Was it like on demand? Did you? Uh, Red I think Redboxed it. It goes to my funny story. This was the first movie I ever Redboxed. Really? Yeah. And I've never, I never Redboxed a movie and... It was when Chelsea's parents moved down to sunny Florida, and we went down there, and we, their whole town, I, you've never been there, but, and our listeners probably don't care, but they live in a town that it's a vacation town. Yeah. So it shuts down at like six o'clock at night, everything, even the, the comic shop, unless you're doing like Yu-Gi-Oh, 
<laughs> I think it's called Cool Comics and Games in Cape Coral. It's a dope shop. It's really cool. It's got a lot of stuff. So if you're in Cape Coral, Florida, go down there and check them out. But everything shuts down. So we're like I, I was collecting pops back then. So all I would do is drive to Walgreens and try and find these pops. That's right. As, yep. like, as a loser, I remember that pathetic loser I was. So when I wasn't doing that, I was red boxing. I would red box a movie, and it was the Maze Runner, which was the first one I watched with Chelsea, her dad, and her brother, and we watched it, and we loved it. It was it was so good. I was shocked that I didn't see it in movies. I don't even think I remember trailers for this movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember much. And I was seeing movies heavy in 2014. Like that's when like the Avengers was there. like I think Civil War was 2014. Like there was a lot of good stuff coming out. Yeah. And then I didn't see it. I was like, oh man, this kind of kind of upset. I didn't see that. I was like, I saw that. I read the book. Why didn't I go see it? I I put in the work to watch this movie, and it it goes back to it was a five year time jump. The book comes out in '09. A lot, a lot of things changed in my world and probably in your world as well from 09 to 14. Yeah, a lot. You know what I mean? You you were married by then, right? Yeah. Yeah. You had just started a relationship and then got married. Well, not just, but yeah. Well, no, it's not like you you met her on a Wednesday and married her on a Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean, silly goose. It was a three-year process. Yeah, right? but between those those five years, yeah. you had your, you had your, your love rekindled. <laughs> I'm very animated for this episode. You, I've had a you lot, are. I've had a lot of sugar. What did you think of the cast when when this happened? Because at this point, it was a bunch of no-names. A lot of no-names. I'll go down the cast and you tell me what you thought. So we had, again, it came, comes out in 2014, directed by Wes Bell. And what's crazy... Had no idea who Wes Bell was. No one knew who Wes Bell was. He did a short, and he approached them, like, hey, I want to make a movie of this short. And they were like, no, you know what, we have a better idea. Do this. Let's give you a franchise. And what's great and what I really like, he's done all three movies. Yeah. And some movies you can tell when they switch directors. Yeah. You can't at this one at all. And and you well, it's because he didn't. Yeah. And that's great because it's one guy telling one story, one vision. It's beautiful. And you don't see that a lot no, anymore. Not anymore. Okay, so while we're on the topic of West Bell, what Ball. do you think's next? Oh, yeah. Sorry, West uh, West Ball. Where do you think we go with it with him next? I don't think he has anything in the pipeline. No, because that's he hasn't done anything. He's got three movies. He's like James Dashner. Yeah. He spent the past probably eight, nine years with this, yeah. Developing these movies. So Would you um, like like him to go into the Marvel universe? Or could he save the DC universe? They need someone to save it. But um, I, I I had hopes for Matt Reeves. I'd yeah. like to. I would like to see him go to the Marvel universe in Phase Four with some younger heroes. Yeah, I think, or maybe maybe take on the X Men. Yeah, that he would be perfect for that. He, if they go young X Men, he'd be great. Essentially, he's got the young X Men now, yeah. all men. He's got like the X Men, just that no no women. There's no Y <laughs> women. There's just X Men in there. So here's your cast: Dylan O'Brien from Team Wolf. That's the only thing he had been in that I saw. I've never moment. seen that Team Wolf. Team Wolf is actually pretty good. I'm not gonna I won't lie. watch it. Colton, Colton Haynes was in it. Tyler oh, I know, I know. Uh, Tyler Hotch. I know a lot of people were in. It. I just yeah. won't watch it. Right, give it a shot. Uh, then we had uh, Amal Amin uh, from Beyond the Lights. Never saw it. Um, and he played Albie. He had a big role. We'll talk about Albie in a bit. Then we had uh, Ki Hong Lee from the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. He plays Kimmy Schmidt's uh, lover, and he played Mino. Now, his name is pronounced in the movies 
differently every single time. It's Mino, Mino, or Miho. What do you call him? How do you pronounce his name? Mino. Mino, okay. I think Mino is a better name. Because he's like a little fish. Like swimming through the wood, water and getting through the maze like that. There's a little minnow. But we'll call him Mino. Um, I'm sure I'll call him Mino halfway through. Then we had Blake Cooper uh, from Parental Guidance playing Chuck, who's sitting next to me. So we're getting a double dose of James and Chuck for our listeners in this. Then we I had, like Chuck, actually. I, I like Chuck, too. He's uh, my co-host. Then we had uh, Thomas Brody Sangster, who everybody knows from Game of Thrones as Jojen Reed, a.k.a. the guy who carried Bran throughout uh, Winterfell. Yeah. So he was just, you know, he played mute. Then we had Will Poulter from We're the Millers playing Galley. Dexter Darden from Joyful Noise playing Frypan. Kaya Scoladario from Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End playing Teresa. And then Patricia Clarkson from The Green Mile playing Ava Page. What did you think of that cast? At the time, I didn't hardly know anybody. I think I only knew uh, um, Dylan O'Brien from one episode of Teen Wolf. Uh, and then Patricia Clarkson. I knew Patricia Clarkson, which yeah. wasn't to the very, very end. I knew Will Poulter because of... Was that out this... It Will came Miller's, out before? Yeah. Okay. Will Miller, uh, were the Millers was before. And um, okay, I knew... So, so I knew him. I knew Newt. Yeah. And it was before he was on Game of Thrones, but... Wasn't he in like Chronicles of Narnia? No. <laughs> you know where I know him from? Where? I recognize him. He was a child actor when he was in uh, Love Actually. Okay. 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 He he did a he did a lot of I don't remember if he he was the son I think he was of uh, Liam Neeson. Okay. Um, do you know he's my age? Is he really? He might be my age. Um, no, 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 I'm sorry. He's the same age as the Mountain in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I did because there's a big meme going on around that. Yeah, I did see that, and I think he's like 27. Yeah. 27 or 28, and the yeah, that's no. crazy. The mountain is twenty eight years old, and he's six foot seven, five thousand pounds yeah. of solid muscle. So, a bunch of unknowns, which could really give. That's like a, it's either make make or break for these guys. Like this is your chance. If you carry this into a franchise, then you're gonna be successful. If and you can't, and since you're this done. movie, we have seen some of the actors well, get other roles. Yeah, like like I said, um, Ki Hong Lee, he was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Several years after this, and that's a hit on Netflix. Uh, Kyle Scoladario was in Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Yep. Um, you might have, if you blinked, you might have missed her, but she had a pretty main part. She played um, yeah, she did. Barbosa's daughter, right? Yeah, and she wasn't bad in it. Yeah. And then Dylan O'Brien has skyrocketed Yeah. Um, from from this to American Assassin, which we'll talk about in a bit. But like he's really become like a, a leading man. Yeah. This was his chance to be a leading man. Not to mention, this movie, like you said, came out with a $34 million budget. How much did it make worldwide? 348 Yeah. It made $348 well, million. Dollars. It opened in the U.S. at $32.5 million. It almost made its budget in the first weekend. And that's solid. That's, that's huge. That's a solid budget based on a book and based on a, a bunch of characters well, that they, nobody knows about. It was a uh, wait-and-see kind of thing what they they had obviously there was multiple books and they were like we're going to do maze runner mm-hmm. but we're not going to make a decision until after yeah and two weeks before i guess they heard a lot of early buzz yeah they probably did their test and they said hey we're gonna do it and it was a good decision because it made almost its budget in the first weekend and 10 times 
Yeah. $348 million, which is crazy. And it came in with a solid 65% of Rotten Tomatoes. You don't get a lot of teen movies that open with a fresh... I guess yeah. it, I guess that's a fresh uh, rating. No, yeah. it's, a, it's a red tomato. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's big for them. Yeah. What do you think of Dylan O'Brien as a, as a leading man? Now, think about it. This is a 26-year-old man, and he came, at, came out in the movies when everybody was getting Brits to be leading men. Yeah. And he came out at a time when Tom, Tom Holland was coming in, uh, John Boyega. Like, all these Brits were coming in, and he's homegrown. Yeah. So what do you think uh, of this young man as uh, being a leading actor? I thought he was good. I've never seen him in anything before, before this movie. So, you know, a lot of these actors I didn't know, so I was going in fresh. Yeah. And, you know, giving everyone a shot. And I I thought the cast was good. I thought he was great. Yeah, he was cast, um, well, this is jumping the shark a little bit, but he was cast in American Assassin, just based off his headshot. Really? The director had never seen anything that he was in. Oh. And he was cast in that. And... Think of, let's put some numbers in perspective. So, three hundred forty-eight million on Maze Runner. Yeah. Three hundred twelve million on Scorch Trials, and then sixty-six million, which doubled its budget on American Assassin. Hmm. I I know you haven't seen American Assassin. No. He was amazing in it. Was the movie good? It was. It was great. I mean, for what it was, it was. It was a great movie, and he was absolutely badass. Like one hundred. Like, I was. I was curious to see where he would go with, like. Maze Runner, like I had seen the Maze Runner and Scorch Trials, and I was like, he's good. He's he's believable. He's he can do the stunts. He's fast. He's you know he's in shape. He's a good actor. Like I think he's a great actor. I think he's got range. And then this movie, The American Assassin, came out. I was like, holy crap, dude, blew me away from the beginning of the movie to the very end of the movie. I have to watch it. Yeah, it's it's a super great movie, and Michael Keaton was really good in it too. Uh, Mike Keaton had a resurgence. Yeah, Birdman. Yeah, and I didn't like Birdman. It Maybe was, it was too much for for me to take in. Too artsy. Yeah, and well, I mean, I've been for movies only society. I've been watching a bunch of artsy <laughs> movies. Saw Call Me by Your Name and Lady Bird. I never thought I'd ever say I saw those movies, and I did. So I, I'm gonna go back and rewatch Birdman. I think I was expecting more superhero, less play. Yeah. And I got more drama school, no superhero. So it kind of, I don't know. It wasn't what I was expecting. What were some of your favorite parts from the, the Maze Runner movie? Everybody has favorite parts in the movies. I'm sure you did, too. Um, I really liked the the Glades. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it was a very cool premise. And, you know, like you said, the dystopian uh, society, and they just kind of, they were forced there. Yeah. And to live there and build, they were farming. Yeah. And, you know, they got supplies and stuff, but, like, they really built that their own. Yeah, and... Most of that was Albie. Yeah. He was there for, what, a month by himself? Yeah, because they did a kid a month. Yeah. He was there a month by himself, built what they had, and then was able to solve, like, not solve the maze, but understand what the maze was. Yeah. Because the maze changed every night. Like, that's like, could a you lot imagine waking up in this, look like a forest, yeah. basically, by yourself. You have no idea what's going on. And then you're like, all right. Yeah, I don't want to kid anybody. I'd be petrified oh, yeah. uh, out, of, out of the gate. But I think, like, it's the flight or flight, uh, fight or flight method. Like, I think I'd go into fight more than flight, where if you got dropped off in the woods, you'd be like, oh, my God, I hate camping. There's no tent. There's no camper. But I think you'd be able to make it, too. I think you're resourceful enough that you would be drinking your own pee because there's no water. And then you would be waiting at that door, waiting where you got dropped off for somebody else to come in or for the door to open and you go right back in. 
Damn. You know what I mean? But I think just every scene in the maze, like that that scene where Thomas runs in to save everybody, save uh, Mino and everybody else, yeah, that was... and he gets trapped. And then the walls start turn like the corridors start turning like into blades. Well, the blades was the best. That was so crazy. Yeah, and, and it, I really like Galley. Like we're we're seeing Will Poulter as a dude that gets bit on his junk by a spider and then wrapping waterfalls in a trailer with Jason Sudeikis and um, Jennifer Aniston, and then he goes from that where he's a nerd, a lovable loser, into the alpha male. Badass. He was a dick. He was. But he was more go. we need to survive. Yeah. And this guy comes in and he's disrupting our whole, like, we live peacefully. Yeah. And, you know, Thomas was like, no, I don't want to live like this. Yeah. Tom, Thomas came in and kind of shifted the paradigm. Yeah. 100% because, you know, it kind of goes back to what he did. He worked for Wicket. Yeah. Like, that's the ultimate betrayal on, on for Thomas because he worked for Wicket you know, there's the flashbacks of giving away the secrets and doing everything, and then he gets dropped into the maze. Like, yep. he was one of their their top guys. Yeah, like their top kid, not like high up like Patricia Clarkson, but like he was one of their, their recruits, a good guy. Yeah, and they drop him in there, and he has no idea what's happening at this point. He doesn't know what's going on in the maze. He's just tired of seeing people die. And he gets there, and he instantly befriends Chuck. Yeah, my boy. Instantly befriends Newt. Gains the trust of Albie yeah. and rivals Golly. Yeah, Golly hated him. Yeah. Right off the jump. Yeah. Right and off. Another scene that I really liked is when the runner finds Thomas in the woods and they start chasing each other and you just smashes him in the face with the shovel. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh my goodness. What about the Grievers? Because just the maze itself could be terrifying. Terrif- yeah, exactly. And it could be a challenge. Then you throw in monsters that sting you and you call them Grievers. Like, what did you think about that? Because that was intense. They were cool. And what I liked, I mean, obviously spoilers, right? Um, Yeah, I don't think we have to (laughs) go into, if you haven't seen Maze Runner, you probably shouldn't be listening to this. Um, When, you know, they were part mechanical. Yeah. And, you know, you're thinking they're these monsters, and then you realize that they're man-made. Yeah. And to me, that's more terrifying. Absolutely. Because you're you're... It's essentially the Hunger Games, but scarier. Yeah. Because you're not fighting each other. You're fighting you're fighting God, essentially, because Patricia Clarkson and Wicked are God in this well, situation. And the whole thing, like, when he, you said he ran in, like, they said no one lasts a night in the glades. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, oh. Yeah, he's dead. You know, Albie's coming in, and Mino, and then Thomas runs out, and they're like, oh, all three of them are dead. Yeah. yeah and then remember- the next day, the, the um, door opens. And they walk right out. And they walk right out. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, here they are. And it turns into, I'm going in there and I'm going to solve the maze. Like, yeah. I want to go in there and I want to get everything right. And what was really neat, when he said that, Amino goes, I got to take you somewhere. Yeah. And he takes you into this hut. And blows him. <laughs> no. No, that's, that, sorry, that wasn't my dream. And here... He mapped the whole maze. Yeah. That was neat. See, Mino, in, in my mind, is probably the most underrated character in this entire franchise because he is Thomas's right hand, mm-hmm. but they don't allude to that. No. It's always Newt. Newt is the right hand. And then in the second second movie, our Eris is his, his right hand. So yeah. like, you don't, you really don't understand how important Mino is to this whole storyline, I guess, until you see the pre- previous Maze Runner 3, Death Care. Well, when he goes, I mapped the entire maze. Yeah. 
and do it with like popsicle sticks, essentially. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, that. He's a beast. Yeah. He's a beast. And when he ran, when Thomas runs in there, I mean, the door closes. I mean, I was like, yeah, we're dead. Like, why'd you do that? We're dead now. Yeah. And then that, you know, you just killed yourself. Yeah. Well, speaking of someone who gets killed, how'd you feel about Chuck dying? Dude, I was upset. I bet you were. Like, well, because he was cool, and what did he really do to the story other than bring Thomas food while he was in prison? He was just that lovable, likable character. He was Chunk from the Goonies. Ima- that- imagine if this was the Goonies and Chunk gets shot at the end. Well, I, I was reading the actor Blake Cooper. Yeah, Blake Cooper. Who, um, he kept bugging them, like, I want this role, I want this yeah. role, I want this role. And they were like, all right, sh- send an audition tape. And he sent it in, and they were like, that's our Chuck. Yeah. And, you know, he really wanted it and shit. Like, he, I think he did a great job. But when he died, oh, man, I was so pissed. I, I scream. Jesus. I scream at TV. Because it's the last time a Chuck was powerful on television, right? Yeah. You know, Zachary Levi's show was getting canceled. You hadn't seen Chuck Norris in a while. And you got Chuck, Blake Cooper, just doing his thing. Just killing the game. But I, I, I you know, I was pissed. Yeah. It was a sad moment. It was something that I wasn't expecting. Um, I'll tell you another part that I, I wasn't expecting. Um, them dropping Teresa up there. You know, um, just having a, a, a girl dropped into a, you a, see all a, their faces a like, world of men. It's a girl. Yeah. Uh, that could be dangerous. Yeah. Um, and what, frightening for her. What are your thoughts on, on Teresa? Like, from, from watching the first one, take Scorch Trials out. Did okay. you like her? Did you love her? Or did you not trust her? Uh, at first, I didn't trust her. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right, why are they dropping this chicken? Yeah. And it had been known for what there were like 20 kids there. So that's 20 months that it was all boys. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, here's a girl. And, you know, they didn't trust her either. No, there were flashbacks. And and then it made Galley hate Thomas more because the first, you know, she don't remember anything. And, yeah. you know, she's in this, she pull up in the elevator and she goes, Thomas. Yep. And Gally's like, oh, fuck that shit. Yeah. Like. Well, there was there goes my chance to score. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, you, you know, and that's what, and the one thing I graded that he said was everything started, well, he didn't say that verbatim, but everything started going to shit when Thomas showed up. Yeah. Like, the grievances were more aggressive, and then this chick comes in. Yeah. And. How can anything go worse? You're stranded. Like, you can't, like, the the Grievers are man-made. So someone else is playing the game. Thomas isn't, Thomas is a pawn in this game. There's there's a game master up there, and they don't, do you think, do you think they realize until they get out? That this is all scripted? This is all I mean, you would science? have to think that. You would have to think, I mean, obviously someone's putting you there, and there has to be a reason why. Yeah. You know, whether it be for enjoyment of them watching them suffer and, or, you know, there has to be a reason why. But to my knowledge, they never said anything like, yeah. there's somebody doing this. We've got to, like, no, it was more like we have to solve the maze and then we'll answer, we'll get our answers to, we'll question things later. You know what I mean? And then they get out. Like, what a, what a success. Like, they get out. They lose a few people on the way. Albie sacrifices himself and says, I'm going to stay here. Weird. Yeah. Chuck dies. He gets out, but he sees glory. He gets out, dies amongst his friends. Who shoots him? 
galley. I knew it. What happens to the galley, Chuck? Killed. He gone. Yeah. Galley gone. I mean, there's like a spear at him. Yeah, it was great. Uh, galley come, Galley's name comes back in the next movie we're going to talk about, Scorch Trials, uh, which is mainly about um, the group escaping the glades. And now they're set with a, a whole new challenge, a new set of challenge on the open roads and the desolate landscape filled with unimaginable obstacles. And then we meet some new cast members. We meet Gene Carlo Esposito from Breaking Bad in the Jungle Book, known to us as Jorge, or known to me as Hermano, because that's all he kept saying. Uh, we meet our, our villain, uh, Aiden Gillen from Game of Thrones, you know, Littlefinger, who plays Jensen. Natalie Emmanuel was in it for, for a bit. Uh, you from Game of Thrones, you know her. She yep. plays Harriet, looking good. We got our, our boy, the great Alan Tudyk, playing I, Blondie. I have Blondie slash Mark. Yeah. I have it in there, uh, the great Alan Tudyk. Yeah. And then we have uh, Rose Salazar, uh, who's actually playing Alita in Alita Battle Angel. Yep. Um, she Looks plays really weird. Uh, really crazy. Uh, she's playing Brenda. And then Catherine McNamara from Shadowhunter shows up as Sonya. Uh, and then we have Eris. He shows up as well. But the cool thing is, Teresa, Thomas, Minnow, Newt, Frypan, Winston, they all, and Ava Page is back, they all return. Yep. So what are your thoughts on the premise of the, the Scorch Trials and then the new cast members that we got? Well, the premise, I mean, it just, it just up the ante. Yeah. Like, you know, you're in, you're in this secluded maze kind of a safe place other than the maze itself yeah um and then you know you don't remember anything mm -hmm. so this is this is your world this is what you know this is everything that you know like everything so you at the end you leave and realize that it, it's been all um a game essentially yeah. so their world was flipped on its head and then start this movie it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then when they get out again? Yeah, dude, it went from Hunger Games to Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Like, you're you're in, like, I would have rather been in the maze. And honestly, they said that. They honestly. Were, they were like, uh, you know, we, we live peacefully there. Yeah. And now, you know, we're in this post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, when the, when the whole movie starts. Did they ever say what city it was? No, it looked like Chicago. Uh, it takes place in South Africa. Well, I mean, it was filmed in South Africa, yeah. but what, no, it doesn't look like Chicago. It kind of looked like San Francisco because you see when, when they're in the buildings where Blondie is in that area, when they're in the city, they look out to the mountains and there are um, there's the bridge. Okay. It looked like the Golden Gate Bridge, but who's, who's to say? There's a lot of big bridges. That could have been the Brooklyn Bridge. Who knows? Honestly, from the gate, you the movie starts with helicopters, loud noises, sand, yeah. And then zombies. Yeah. Just crazy looking zombies. And then the military. And you go in there. And like from the moment you jump into that, that storyline, I didn't trust anything that was going on. I didn't trust Aiden Gillen. No. One bit. I can't trust him in general based on what he did in Game of Thrones. Yeah. So putting him in there, like that was a perfect move for them. Yeah. To take him, who he was gaining popularity in Game of Thrones in, those, in 2015. And then they're like, you're going to be a bad guy. Even worse, you're going to be more sadistic and more uh, cunning and, uh, you know, planning out everything in uh, in the Scorch Trials. And you get to use your accent. Yeah. And I love it. But 
the new cast comes along and you have like there well you get a lot more adult yeah you get you definitely get a lot more adults and you get a, a, a bigger scope of the world yeah because not only is it, there's wicked but then you think that aiden's group is or jensen's group is something else we find out it's nothing else but wicked and they're just draining these kids to find the cure put them put them in stasis and draining them yeah and they're taking them like oh yeah you know you're able to you're able to get from point a to point b and you're gonna be safe like first of all you lock a bunch of kids in a maze all those kids that were there were put in a maze Mm -hmm. the last person i mean in my mind i'm not trusting anybody's gonna take me separate me from my friends and what's crazy is we find out there's multiple mazes yeah it wasn't just that one yeah. There was multiple of them. There were some girl mazes. There were some co-ed mazes. Like with Eris, he was uh, he was the Teresa. Yeah, he was the only boy in all women maze. Yeah, and he had some good-looking chicks in his maze. And yeah. Natalie and Manuel and uh, yeah, Sonia was in there. It was, it was a good, good look. No, Sonia her. wasn't in there. It was Catherine McNamara. Yeah, but she played Sonia. Oh, I'm thinking I got of... you. Don't worry. Don't worry. I got you. You're thinking Mortal Kombat, Sonia Blade. She wasn't in there. Um, but... Immediately, Eris, they, they zoom in on Eris, and you're like, he he's the, the cog to this. He's the last yeah. cog to this machine. And he's like Nightcrawler, man. He's like crawling through the air ducts. Yeah. And he, he's the mint Mino of yeah. this place because he sees everybody disappearing, and he's like, this is weird. Like, all these kids are trusting strangers again and very excited to leave a room where they have beds, they have showers, they have food. Mm-hmm. To go to an unknown territory. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would have rather stayed there, but all these kids are like, oh, I can trust adults now. No, bro, you can't yeah. trust adults. They just put you in a maze. They're like, oh, they saved us. And they were like, and then from the jump, even Thomas like, yeah, I don't trust that. And and Eris noticed that Thomas was somebody to to kind of band the brothers with mm-hmm. immediately because he was like, the hell with this. I'm looking around. I, I don't see anything that lines up. And then he runs to the door to the guard, who I think is UFC fighter Tim Kennedy. Can't find it anywhere on the IMDb page, but I'm certain that that was Tim Kennedy. And he's like, nah, bro, you can't go out here. And it's very bro-heavy in there, and I'm like, oh, come on, man. Do something. Go. And I had already seen, like, I didn't see Scorch Trials for until this year. Oh, really? I just, I just recently watched it. So uh, it was. I yeah, watched it when it came out. I was Another wa- Redbox movie. I was watching too many superhero movies and not enough Maze Runner movies. So I'd seen American Assassin first. And I'm like, oh, go into the air ducts and start shooting people and like do your thing, Thomas. Go back to your American Assassin days. I'm like, oh wait, let me let me take it back. That's this is two years before American Assassin. But he does. He does American yeah. Assassin stuff and he goes out there and saves it immediately. When I saw Teresa, I was like, I don't like you. One bit. I can't trust you. And she fucking turns on him. Turns on everybody. Oh, that that part bro- broke my heart. Cause like you got so many people killed, Teresa. And she said, she's like, I'm sorry. Like, she, how are you sorry? You turned on everybody. And then she did, you know, the story of, uh, you know, how she's trying to, uh, she watched her mom die of the disease and she's trying to save everybody. And like, you're trying to save buddy. The people that got you where you're at. Yeah. Who protected you. They're also looking to save everybody. Yeah. And, but they're doing it, not trying to kill innocent kids. Yeah. And, you know, you're just like, oh, okay. Teresa's selfish. Oh, yeah. In my mind. She has her own agenda. Um, and I'm sure her story is going to play out in Death Cure. But I feel like with the, the cast that they added, they took hot names from different shows and said, let's put them in there. 
more adults would want to see it. Oh, Gus Fringe is in it. Let's we'll put him in there. And you know, the great Alan Tudyk's in it. Everybody loves Con Man. Let's put him in there. He's like even, a creep in that movie. In this movie. Oh yeah, Blondie. He Just was like roofie and kids. Well, that's the thing. You know, he he took advantage of everybody. Of just this world that he lived in. Yeah. Like, all right, well, I'm going to profit. Yeah, he started as a smuggler, ended yeah. up as a prophet. Yeah. It's crazy. And uh, you know who I haven't seen in a while? Yeah. Barry Pepper. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's Barry Pepper. I he, haven't seen him in years. Play Cooper, right? Or, or Vince. Vince, Vince, right? Vince, he, Vince was badass. He's like, let me get to the Gatling God. It's just like, he's holding on. He's like, ah! Just shooting everybody. I thought that yeah. scene was great. What What did you think, uh, you know, what stood out from the first movie? Or, I'm mean, sorry. What stood out from the second movie that was different in the first movie? Because well, I think everything stood well, out. Yeah, it, it's completely different. Like I said before, it flipped everything on its head. So the one thing that stood out to me is you get to see more of the world. Yeah. And how turn of shit it went. Yeah. Everything's and, a desert. And um, you get to see uh, a lot more wicked. Yeah. And to see how truly evil they are. Yeah, how wicked they are. <laughs> they, they, they added the I in the wicked because yeah. it's only W C K E D, right? But um, well, you it, see, you see how much that how how exp- uh, how progressive they are and how expensive, like how rich they are. Yeah, like their the tools that they have, their guns are electrocuting people. Yeah, their helicopters and their that. Yeah, huge they're de- ship. they're definitely got some bankroll. Oh yeah, yeah, they've totally profited from the. The flare virus. Yeah. Surprised that we're 40 minutes into the episode and we've just noticed, <laughs> just talked about that there's a flare virus that people are, uh, these kids are immune to. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Like they're, they're trying to find a cure to the flare virus because there's a group of immunes and that's the people in the maze. And they're, I don't know, what are they taking? Their plasma? Their, their uh, brain stems? I don't know. They're, yeah. Whatever it is, it's a blue liquid. And I don't think it's blood because when blood hits air, it's red. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell they're taking, but they're taking something. And then they're branding, they're like putting the holographic tattoos on them. Yeah. And once Giancarlo Esposito comes in, he is just like, he is 100% like a, like a Han Solo type guy. Like yeah. He's profiting off everything. Like, you're more important to me if you belong to them. And then he's like, no, you know what? I want to get to the right army. And then he becomes a hero. It's crazy. Yeah, he's a leader, you know, leader of this resistance. I don't was he a leader of resistance? I think he was just a, a leader of scavengers. Yeah, true. Because that one guy the worked Lee, for Wicket. Lily Taylor is the uh leader of the resistance, but yeah. He was like this one faction that he he was good. he was really good. He it. only knew that the army existed through he he called them ghosts. Yeah. So he didn't even know if they were real. And he knew that Marcus, Blondie, Alan Tudyk was smuggling these kids in. That scene really that was a an important scene to this entire movie, I think, because it shows you that it's just not, not everybody is wicked and right army. There's people in the middle that are trying to profit from both. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's Mad Max kind of like, it's the Bad Batch kind of like, it's, it's all this dystopian stuff where you're like, oh crap. Or you can call it post-apocalyptic, I guess, um, where people are just trying to survive. This movie reminded me so much like The Walking Dead. Like I, can, with, I can see it. Like Gene Carlo Esposito, people were kind of like the saviors. Mm-hmm. Thomas is like uh, the Alexandria crew, and they're like trying just to, to survive, and then they band up a little bit sometimes. Like maybe Gene Carlo Esposito is uh, um, Austin Emilio's Dwight character. He's like, I, I can see the, 
I see the way. I see the force now. I don't, I I don't can see definitely the light. See it. I don't know, but uh, did you, you you didn't see this one in theaters? Neither one of us did. No. Uh, but we both saw it. Yep. I liked it a lot. Again, it's it got a poor rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <sighs> a lot of things uh, do that we like, yeah. so I don't really. Forty six percent, not bad. I mean, it's better than Justice League. <laughs> Uh, and it, and it uh, had a $61 million budget. Yeah, yeah it do- almost doubled the budget. Uh, went to $312 million. Not as well as the first one, and not as big as profit, but it still did pretty good. Yeah, but usually sequels don't do yeah. well, so I, I get it. Well, um, did you have any favorite parts in this one? Yeah, we talked about that already, the post-elliptic. Oh, what's the uh, Of the Scorch Trial. Like, what was your, like, we, ha- we talked about our favorite parts from the Maze Runner. What were yeah. some of your favorite parts of the Scorch Trials? Um, I liked as soon as they, as soon as, you know, they went in the outside and seen that, like, to me, kind of blow me back. And yeah. I thought that was really neat. And, um, I really liked when it got the resistance with, uh, Lily Taylor and, um. Natalie Emanuel. Natalie, oh no, that was, that was a cool scene. Yeah, where they're shooting them. We're shooting them and then, like. You can't see anybody. No. And then. They're Tuscan Raiders. And then, you know, Ares or Eris. Eris, yeah. Don't say Ares. He was certainly not the god of war. (laughs) And Eris comes out, and and they're like, oh, hey. Hey. Like, he saved them. Yeah. Like, if he wasn't there, they'd shoot their ass off. I I was hoping that Eris wasn't going to turn into a chuck. Yeah. Where he was going to be the sacrificial lamb in every movie. And I'm glad that his storyline went went over well. Um, The the scene that sticks out to me was... um, when Brenda and Thomas are in the sewers after they blow up the, the resistance. Yeah. That that scene was awesome. But when they're in the sewer and the rat comes out and is running around like Thomas kicks in. is like, get out of here, rat. And the rat comes out and out of the, the vines or whatever, sewage, that hand comes out and the, the zombie bites the head off of the... The rat. The rat. I don't know if they're zombies. I don't know what they're called, but... The, I don't think they're called zombies. The way that they were utilized, they had a name, I can't remember. The way they were utilized in this movie was amazing. They were chained up in um, Brenda and uh, Jorge's place. They were in the sewers. The chase, they were the scary ones. They like they were the World War Z ones that yeah. like, they're climbing through like the buildings, like the scene well, where she falls to the window. That was one of my favorite Holy scenes. Holy shit. And like, to, you know... Thomas is trying to save her, and all of a sudden he like kind of looks back and this. Yeah. And that one was fast as shit. Yeah, that one was climbing. Dude, was Bolt. Yeah, he was climbing up, like jumping through like broken glass and like just like it's sp- very World War Z like. Yeah, it was good. Like, like it wasn't I, like Walkers where you know in Walking Dead where they're very slow. Like, I could survive in a Walking Dead post-apocalyptic yeah. world. Not World when War the guy's Z. running a you know. I'd have an asthma attack. I would have all the dust and all the, probably the mold and asbestos in these buildings. I would certainly need an inhaler. And I don't think they're on, uh, you know, high demand. That's where you go to Marcus. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's he going to do? Give me a a bottle of cologne to drink and then sell me the wicked. I don't want none of that. But the way that Thomas saved her and he broke the window and grabbed her, I looked at Chelsea and I said, I want to be able to do that. I said, you would fall and the the zombie guy would still be there just trying to bite me. They were, they were very zombie-like. That was my favorite part, the inclusion of those, because it gives you a gr- another added threat. Yeah. Like, you have to worry about Wicket, you have to worry about these factions, but you also have to work about, worry about the people who have the flare virus. Yeah. And they they don't turn, I don't think they turn brain dead, because they were extremely smart. Yeah. They're, they love the light. I mean, anything with light kind of gets them up. It's like noise in The Walking Dead. But then they have, like, the the things coming out of their mouth. They were zombies and xenomorphs put together. 
there. Reminded me of Str- uh, Strain. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very much so. I. All right. Do you like the the Scorch Trials better than the Maze Runner? No. Oh, see, I I like the Maze Runner uh, a little less than the Scorch Trials. Okay. Because just because the ex, uh, expansion of the world. Yeah. It's really really cool. And another thing that kind of sticks out to me was at the end of the Maze Runner, you knew where you were going. Like they they were going after Wicket. Yeah. And you knew the bad guy was Patricia Clarkson, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of this one, they they lose somebody. To lose Mino, he's gone. Like, and he's like I said, he's probably my most most valuable player in this team. Like the scene where he runs it, he scouts when the the guard is going to come, and he runs and he just knees him into the wall. Like that was you know that goes back to how much of a scout that he truly was. He understood like he can gauge foot speed, he can gauge like when that person's going to be there in time. Like he's very important to us. I would have rather had a new kid kidnapped. <laughs> You know, he, what does he do? He's a leader. Newt and Frypan don't do shit in this fry movie. Frypan. They don't do anything. I mean, they, they, they stood with Vince and they were shooting everybody, but they really weren't that important. I don't know. I, I have friends that would be Newt and Frypan that, you know, I would I still care about if so they got taken. I, I want to talk about the names. Yeah. You know he, like, was um, naming people after historical figures? Yeah. So, you know, um, you have uh, Isaac Newton, yeah. Thomas Edison. Where'd Frypan come from? Uh, Guy Fieri. But, like, Galley is Gal- yeah, Galileo. Galileo, but, like... Thomas is Thomas Edison. Yeah. Who was Albie? I don't know. Albie, your crying shoulder? Albie Mullet. Albie Mullet. You didn't, you didn't like my Edwin McCain reference? Albie, your crying shoulder? <laughs> I don't know where Frypan came yeah. from. Maybe he had, maybe he had a, uh, another name. And they just started calling him Fry Pan because he was the cook there? Yeah, that's possible. Who knows? I didn't really go back into the lore of Fry Pan. <laughs> um, so the Death Cure was announced in 2016, early 2016. And we're like, okay, you're going to get 2000. Uh, it's going to come out in 2017. It's going to be a Valentine's Day release, uh, a little bit after Valentine's Day release. And then boom, Dylan O'Brien gets into a really bad car accident and they postpone it over a year. What were your thoughts when they announced that we're getting a, a trilogy? That we're getting the death cure to our Maze Runner and Scorch Trials. I was intrigued because how the last one ended. So I was like, all right, where are they going to go with this? Mm-hmm. And I was on board because I liked the first two. I was just, I just wanted to see where the next step goes. Yeah, and you know, if they're successful and they're movies that I like, albeit I didn't see Scorch Trials until 2017, I was excited. And Dylan O'Brien was becoming more of a name. I was I wanted to see where it would go, and plus I wanted to see if this was going to be able to take off in a world where superhero movies were dominating. Yeah. Like imagine the Hunger Games coming out now. Would it be as successful as it was in the early MCU and DCEU stuff? I don't know. Yeah. So this is a this is truly a test for them. Um, I also want to know now: is this going to be the end? I mean, they are hyping it up as the end, but. Is there going to be a cliffhanger? Is it's kind of be like what they did in the first one? Like we'll see where it goes. We'll gauge the audience. It doesn't have a rotten score tomato yet, which we will give it at the end of this episode. But maybe they're going to gauge the audience and the screeners and you know the critics and say like, if this works, maybe we'll do another episode, another movie. Yeah, and, and that happens a lot. Yeah, and I'll be happy if, I'll be happy if, if it goes one. out there and gets you know four hundred million, which I I don't think it will. No, but if if it you know kills it, then yeah. It's coming out at a great time. 
Uh, it's coming out at the end of January, January 26th, and it's uh, two weeks before Black Panther. It's a week before Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's after Insidious and all those movies come out. So it really doesn't have any competition. No. Um, I think the only competition is what Paddington and maybe Den of Thieves, but this hits the market that people that uh, that's not being represented yep. in the upcoming months until Black Panther comes out. Yeah, because you got you know Paddington for children. Yep. You got... Den of Thieves is for us adults um, yeah. who who don't frequent the teen section in Barnes and Nobles, um, and then you have Fifty Shades of Grey who are for women who are ready to flood out movie theaters. So you know you have all that. This is for the the kids, like the teenagers, like oh, you want to go see, like high school kids that want to take their, their girl out on a date and be like, oh, I can be your Thomas. Yeah, I can absolutely be your Thomas. No, but you're more like a Mino. Mino, I want you to be my Mino. No, I want to be a fry pan. Like they argue of who they are. You're certainly not a Teresa. You're more of a Brenda or Sonia than me. I'm a Chuck. You, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, so I was excited. You were excited. Uh, I wanted to see where they would go with this, and uh, I'm 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 still looking forward to this yeah. this movie as well. Um, have you read the premise of the, the final chapter yet? Yes, I have. All right. So for those who, listening who have not, who don't have IMDb or who don't know where to go, uh, this is it. Your young hero, Thomas, embarks on a mission to find a cure to the deadly disease known as the Flare. One sentence. They're not giving much away unless you've read the book. What do you think of the premise? I think it's cool because, you know, um, it's the final chapter. Yeah. And uh, to see how Thomas and the rest of the crew... Uh, now, now he's got a bigger crew. Yeah, you know he's got, uh, he's got Lily the right Taylor. Army. Yep, and Lily Taylor. And... Oh, he doesn't have Lily Taylor. She's dead. Oh yeah, Jansen kills her. Vince, what a, what a dick. He yeah. was he was a good villain in this. Yeah, he's got Vince, uh, Harriet, Sonya. Yeah, he, he doesn't have Mino. He still has his group. None of his friends got killed. He's got Jorge and Brenda. And now they, but now they have cars and weapons. Yeah. And... They got yeah. that Ford Bronco with the long... It's got to be Texas, right? There's no mountains in Texas, right? Well, they travel. Yeah, but uh, that's a pretty... I don't know where they're at. Maybe they're in, like, Arizona. Maybe that's the best thing about it. They don't tell you. They're in Montana. Can you imagine just going to Montana? Just go to Canada. I'm sure they don't have the flare virus there. So you're, you're looking forward to this. Yeah. I think this is going to be all-out war. Um... From the from the looks of the trailers and everything that we've seen, there's going to be so much action in this movie. Like this is a true action trilogy. There's not a lot of dialogue and and uh, dead spots in these movies. No. Uh, there's just enough that it doesn't seem forced, and then it's right back into action. Yep. So this is like on your edge of your seat. Chelsea was even getting scared of some of the parts. Like there were some jump scare moments, like when uh, the the flare flareians will call them, were coming out and trying to kill people. Like they came out of nowhere at, yeah. at some moments. So, like. The scene where they flip on the lights and out of nowhere they just come out. That was crazy. I'm looking forward to it. There's only one new cast member that I know. Yep. And that's my boy Walton Goggins. He plays Lawrence. He plays Lawrence. There's no backstory on Lawrence, but I love Walton Goggins. He's got a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. He's an Ant-Man. He's Ant-Man. He's in Tomb Raider. Yeah. I'm very excited. I like Walton Goggins. I've yeah. always I've liked him since uh, The Shield. He was a member of that show, The Shield, with Chickless. Yeah, do you remember him? Uh, you didn't watch Sands of Anarchy. No, right? he he's a big FX guy because he was in. Uh, yeah, he he. That's a different role. Yeah. He plays uh, Venus. Oh yeah. A woman. Oh. Well, a transgender. I, I but, hope Lawrence is like Venus in this movie. And he's 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 actually really good in the show. And my 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 wife is watching. She's like, she's kind of manly. I was like, well, that's a man. Jesus. And she's like, is it really? Oh, and I was like, Jesus. yes, that's Walton Goggins. Like, I recognize yeah. him. He's a great actor. 
recognize the teeth right off the yeah. bat. He's he's an underrated actor. Yeah, he was he really good in Justified too. Yeah, but he's Tim the old fan. No, he's start like I said. He's Tomb Raider. He's in this. Yeah, and Ant Man and Wasp. He's gonna have a year kind of like uh, like I said for Hannah Joy Common. I said that on the Galaxy Wars podcast. I know you listened to it. Um, where Hannah Joy Common from um, from Black Mirror and from um, the show on Killjoys on uh, yeah. Sci-Fi, she's in Ready Player One, she's in Tomb Raider, and she's in Ant-Man. Yeah. So she's got a big year planned too. So her and Walton Goggins, man, people to look out for. They're in two movies together. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I'm excited for that. So are you excited to see Walton, our boy Walt, come yeah. back in? The Goggins? The Gogs? He's got to play a bad guy, right? Oh, absolutely. He's got to be like Chanson's commander. Yeah. I think he's like the head of Wicked. You think so? I, I would like to see that, yeah. They got, I mean, Patricia Clarkson's not the head. She's a doctor. They got to answer to somebody. Kind of like uh, the Umbrella Corporation with the blonde guy. Yeah. I feel like that's who uh, Walton Goggins is going to be. He plays a great bad guy, so I'm excited. Uh, what do you think about the footage that has uh, has been revealed? There's two, two trailers, two or three trailers now. I think it's really cool. Yeah, so much action. Like I said, man, they're, the scene where they're on the train. Yeah, that's insane. And then it gets lifted from a helicopter, and like he's just he's pulling an American assassin. Like he looks like he's practiced using a gun. They've been really pushing TV ads. Yeah, like crazy. Yeah, because they want people to see it. I would too. This, I mean, this is a movie. Again, this is this has been delayed for up to two years because yeah. of his accident. Um, there's a crazy monster in this. Yeah. Like crazy. I think it's the monsters that they were growing in that lab. Mm-hmm. I think they finally let them go. So I think, because you don't just show that scene where they're like, holy shit, they're, they're cooking these monsters up in here and you don't have it come to fruition. So now you have to worry about the flare people. Got to worry about Wicket and now Wicket's monsters. And I think they have like metal legs too. Yeah. Like with very wild, wild west style with Bill, uh, not Bill, um, with, uh, Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm excited for that. And then they give you like the trailer gave you a really good uh, throwback to the last two movies since it's been some time. Like this is where we are. And then the moment that stuck out to me was when Thomas and Teresa reunite and he screams in her face, there is no cure. And she's all like dressed up. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's absolutely she's part of the capital a la Hunger Games. Um, She is brainwashed. I would like I think Patricia Clarkson is related to her. You think so? I think so. They're they're tying it real close. Um, mom and daughter. I, I, she said her mom got killed, but I could see it. Like I, you know, I'm probably wrong, but I I could see it happening. I'm I'm curious to see where we go. I'm curious. Like the, we've seen where Mino is. He's being uh, drained. He's being in season stasis. Uh, and then you know Newt doesn't know if he can trust Thomas because Thomas still has feelings for Teresa. Now at first I thought they were brother and sister. Yeah. And, like, going into Scorch Trials, I was like, they're still brother and sister, right? And they're, they're not brother and sister. Although they could be, and they both had their brains washed. How about that weird scene when uh, they're in that club with Marcus, and they oh, and take he, that he, drug? he kisses Brenda and, and says, he you're not her? Bre- yeah, and he kisses Brenda, and they're all, like, you know, tripping. And, yeah. And then Brenda's, like, pissed. She, she, yeah, you're not her. I would rather see Brenda and Thomas get together. Yeah. Uh, but she's going to die. I think Brenda's going to die. She got uh, scratched or bit or something, yeah, and legs. she's going to have the flare. Um, they're like, there's nothing we can do. Cut her leg off. Yeah. Cut her leg off. Herschel. Yeah, sew it up. She'll be fine. She's a badass. Just strap a machine gun to it, and you can use it as a weapon. <sighs> kind of like Grindhouse. I don't know. But um, did you think Did you think we were going to get a movie after they announced? I don't know. That time, like, when, it, when it first announced, like, 
it didn't seem that bad, but then yeah. as the reports came out, like, oh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, when it was announced, they said he got ran over by a car. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe his legs got hurt. But then, like, it took a year for him to talk about it. Like, he just did a press circuit, and I read uh, an article on Variety where he said, like, I was I was done acting. Like, he got pulled from So, for those of you guys who aren't uh, aware, Dylan O'Brien was doing a stunt where he gets pulled out of a car through, I guess, um, I don't know if a person pulls him out or he's attached to a wire and he gets pulled out of a car. And he was supposed to just, you know, kind of land on a pad. A stunt driver lost control of his car and hit him, causing a concussion. Yeah. uh, Fractured skull. He flew out and slammed into another vehicle. Coming full speed. Yeah. And brain trauma. Like, that's scary as shit. Like, and this is a young kid. It's, yeah, what, three uh, years ago? Early so he 20s. Was, he was 20, 25? 20, or 23, probably. And he was he was positioned to be one of the... He could have been Han Solo. Yeah. And I would have rather... Have, I don't even know the guy. His name's Alden Hale Endenreich. The only thing I've ever seen him in was uh, Hail Caesar. I think, I think uh, Dylan O'Brien could have been a better one. I'm sure he was on the short list, yeah. but then he gets hit by hit by this car, and I didn't think this was going to happen. It took him six months to recover, yeah. and the movie was just started filming. So, like, I feel like he took the six months, they filmed as much as they could, and then they bring him in. And it's your star. Like, yeah. Of course you don't want to replace, but if it was like a newt... Yeah, you can replace. Or you can just say that he got killed. Yeah. You can't say that Thomas is killed when Thomas yeah. is probably in two more books. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I give Dylan O'Brien a ton of credit for toughen it out. i mean coming through with this man this is yeah. amazing um so i'm definitely going to see it in theaters are you going to see it in theaters probably not but really i haven't been i've been just seeing like bigger movies yeah i haven't really seen you know because i don't have a lot of time yeah so when i go i want it's because i want to see like you know black panther yeah. and th- i probably will not see it i'm definitely seeing it. i'm seeing it in theaters i'm going to see it uh open week and i'm very excited for it uh, what do you think it opens to? This is a new little thing that we're going to play because we like to speculate. Uh, what do you think it opens to money-wise, and what do you think its uh, Rotten Tomato right. score is going to get? I got it at $26 million Okay. at 36%. 36%. Jesus, God. Um, I said about $29 million, maybe 32 I'm thinking big numbers for this movie because I'm going to be part of it. Um, and then I'm thinking 53%. I think it's going to – people are going to – The only reason I, I went lower – um, is because of the trend of the first and second movie. Yeah, they kept getting lower. Um, they get lower, and normally that does happen with sequels. Yeah, uh, money's less, and uh, the critics like it less. And you can't you can't trust the critics because they said no. they said Bright was like a four percent movie, and that shit was great. Bright was awesome. So good that it got a sequel. So don't trust the Rotten Tomatoes guys. Truck is trusting the Rotten Tomatoes no, guys, but it's thirty six. I'm not trusting them. I'm going on a trend. I think it opens one hundred and fifty percent. <laughs> I think it's going to be good. I think it's a certified salad. I, because you asked, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't. I think, know what I asked. I don't think it's going to be. I think this this movie is going to be. If it come, comes out with a low thirty six, I think it's going to be better than a thirty six. Oh no, I Certainly agree. Think that. But I'm trying to think in the mind of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So that just because I think it's going to be thirty six, I'm thinking it's going to be bad. I think yeah. it's going to be really. I good. think it's going to be a good movie. But I, that's how I feel it's going to go. Okay, I get it. I get it. So the last thing I want to ask you, Chuck. Before we, we wrap this up, um, where does the Maze Runner rank in terms of these following franchises? And we'll go in order. Hunger Games. Better, worse, on par? Um, I think it's not as good. That's exactly what I wrote. Not as good as Hunger Games. Divergent. 
A lot better. So much better in all facets. Percy Jackson. Now, there's two Percy Jackson movies. There should have been a third one, but the two Percy Jackson movies. is Based on the two movies we have now versus that, better or worse? Better. I, I wrote better in my mind, too. Um, Percy Jackson could have been a lot better. Um, but it, I like it Percy Jackson, but no. Good, good flicks, yeah. but it could have been a lot better. Uh, and finally, The Chronicles of Narnia. Better. Much better. I actually listed them all in order. Yeah. Yeah. That last movie was... Pure garbage. No, I'm talking about like the list of who, who was worse, who was better. Yeah. Yeah. So I, did I. I I got Hunger Games and Maze Runner, Chronicles, Percy, Divergent. I flip flop Percy and Chronicles because I think that last movie was the Dawn Treader. That yeah. was pure garbage. Yeah. Um, and they should have never let that happen. They they should have stopped with the Prince Caspian stuff too because that they could have spent more time with the line, the Witch in the Wardrobe. I I seen a rumor that. Well, that's, that's all we have today, so we go to our plugs, and we are on all the social media. So we're on Instagram, the Active Geek, where we are posting regularly. We are on uh, Facebook, Active Geek. We are on Twitter, Active Geek underscore. We are on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you can find podcasts under the Active Geek banner. And then we are on Spreaker. And that's with Legends of the Panel podcast where you can listen to hear uh, Legends of the Panel talk about the upcoming comic releases. They've talked about the Justice uh, Justice League Dark. Then they're on Warp My Tardis, uh, which is really reviewing sci-fi stuff and killing it with the sci-fi knowledge. And then you can find me on the Galaxy Wars podcast, available everywhere else on podcasts are, are streamed. And the Movies Only Society uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We're everywhere on that. Uh, and that's in um, that's an Active Geek production in association with uh, In Club Magazine, which is a cool idea. You can find Chuck uh, still laying in a ditch somewhere in the glades. And I'll just... Re- find me in the scorch. Yeah, you, you, you won't survive the scorch, Chuck, as uh, Aiden Gillen says. And for the active geek guys, we're out. See ya.